Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode 187. I am one of your hosts, Brian Prilliman, and I am joined tonight by Jess Dunks. Hi, this is Jess. And Brogan King. Greetings. Greetings and salutations. And tonight we have a very, very exciting episode. They're all exciting, really. This one uh, is on turn-based actions. I almost said based on turn-based actions. That would have been too many bases. <laughs> you know, it's, it's tonight or today or this morning or really whenever you're listening to the podcast. Um, you know, Brian always says tonight we have this episode because we recorded at night, but like it could be any time. It's the beauty of podcasts. That's true. It's always five o'clock somewhere, right? It's always five o'clock somewhere. We should, uh, we should record an episode at, at, you know, eight o'clock in the morning and see if we, no, we shouldn't ignore me. No, yeah, I no. think uh, I think that's a horrible idea. <laughs> I can't imagine. It. I like. I think it would actually be significantly harder for us to get together and do. Yeah, yeah. Pro- probably anyway. if we had a if we had a guest that was in a, a crazy different time zone. Sure. Yeah, I could see maybe. That. So yeah, but, it, give us an ex- no. Don't give us an excuse to record an episode at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so Brian, you were you. You were telling us that our topic today is uh, yes for for everything turn turn turn. There is a podcast turn 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 <laughs> as as the oh, turn turns. Yes, I, I would I would sing <laughs> oh that. Uh, we we can make that we can make that like a uh, me singing that can be like a, a level that you have to unlock on on the Patreon. Um, so turn based actions is what we're going to be talking about today because when we did the state ba- or not the state based actions episode when we did the special actions uh, special actions uh one of the things that we made a point of was hey these aren't turn based actions and we realized that even though we've been doing this judge cast has been on for 7 years now uh we have yet to do an episode on turn based actions so we figured it was uh it was turn based actions turn it, that that we finally reached that point in the turn where we must yes Yes. Right. So, before anybody can get priority, we have to finish turn-based actions. Yes. Before we do, yes. Before we do the priority episode, we have to take care of the turn-based action. Episode. But we already did the priority episode. We did it backwards, guys. Oh no. Oh no. Well, okay, can we can we, we go can back and edit? It. So anyway, uh, what is a we what is a turn-based action? Uh, well, a turn-based action is a game action. It happens automatically when certain steps or phases begin. Um. Or when steps and phases end. I should say and when step, steps and phases end, really, not or. Depending but. on what is happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, well, I mean, the end one happens in all of them, doesn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty straightforward way of saying, you know, turn-based actions, for the most part, are things that happen at the beginning of, of a step or phase. Uh and uh, then they happen before anybody can can get priority. They don't use the stack. You can't respond to them. Um, yeah. Nobody owns or controls turn based actions. Right. They're the game. The, the it's the game doing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to jump ahead uh, into what we're going to be talking about, but drawing a card for the turn is the classic exa- example, and untapping are both classic examples of of turn based actions. You you can't respond to somebody's untap, and if somebody tries to. They're wrong, and it's like nails on a chalkboard. This is one of those things that, like, you kind of, you almost don't really think about. You kind of just do a lot of a lot of these things. You don't really, th- 
think quite about where they fit in the game for the most part. But also, yeah, yeah you can't you can't respond to to draw a card. You can't. It's we were discussing this before the episode. <laughs> is is the, the the phrasing that some folks use when describing what is happening in the game does not necessarily reflect what is happening in the game. Right, and I was I was telling a story about my calculus class where where somebody was using the phrase cancels out incorrectly in referring to uh, in referring to some equations that we were doing, and my teacher just had this look of disgust on his face as he was explaining, just please stop saying cancels out. That they're, they're not canceling out. And, you mean they uh, weren't they weren't uh, positive plus, or plus one plus one counters and minus one minus one counters? Right, that's that's true. They were not. Uh, wow. hmm. and. Yeah, there it was anyway. I I'm not gonna digress too much on what we were doing in the class at the time, but but it reminded me very much of that, just like when somebody says that they're responding to something that you can't respond to. Yep. So they so they're they're in in a lot of in a lot of ways they're like they don't use the stack, and that was another thing that made us think about it because uh special actions also don't use the stack. Uh so in that in that regard they're both very, very similar. Uh but in, in where they're one of the reasons why they're different is they don't they don't have an owner. Like I said, these are these are things that are owned by the game. They just happen at their appropriate time, and uh, they're they're not triggers. Drawing a card for you know when you draw your card for turn, that's not a trigger. You can't stifle it, and you can't right. miss it. Yeah, right. you can't it's, let it's, your opponent not untap for the turn. It's not a triggered ability. It's just they a can, thing somehow miss. that happens. Like a lot of right. there, there, I've had a few judge calls where where players are like, "Oh, my my opponent didn't draw their card for turn, and they started doing all these things, and they try to say, you know, that means they don't get to draw a card for turn. They missed it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, same with untapping or any number of things. Well, no, it happens. It's not a thing you can miss. Right, right, right. Um, so what are uh. What are the turn-based actions? Who wants to who wants to tackle that? Well, okay. Or did so, you have something you wanted to talk about before we got into that? Or yeah, one 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 quick thing that handles uh, so in some steps or phases, okay, and those are those are the, the the chunks of the turn. Like when we're all learning magic, you know, sometimes we're taught to say like untap, upkeep, draw. You know, those are uh, steps and phases of the game. Um, some of these steps and phases have uh, multiple. Uh, uh, turn-based actions that happen at the front. They might have zero, they might have one, they might have, like, three. All of those turn-based actions happen before anybody gets priority to do anything. Okay, this happens before state-based actions are checked, um, you know, before triggered abilities are put on the stack, before anybody gets any priority, any any ability to do anything. Okay, so these happen first. Right. All right, so the, the first one... I, I just gave the first three untap up keep draw. So does anything happen during untap? It's funny. I I also still when I am playing magic, I I I think untap up keep draw in my head, which is weird. Uh, it's because the first thing that gets drilled into your head as a magic player: untap up keep draw every time. Because yeah. otherwise, you you think like, oh, my turn begins. I'm just going to draw a card. Because in most games, that's what you do. Yeah. Right. So would in you- most games. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, would would you believe that the first thing that happens is not, in fact, untapping? Uh, oh, yeah, what? yeah. You mean what, the first turn-based action that occurs? I do. Uh, I do mean that. I would believe that 
because at some point I learned that to be the case, but I, I almost forgot about it until we did this episode. It's right. um, it's pretty neat and something that hadn't come up a whole lot until we talked about it again recently with uh, that neat Teferi card that came out with one of the new commanders, right? That's that's yeah. where that card came out? Uh, yes. Where, what we're talking about right now is uh, phasing. Uh so immediately after the untapped step begins, all phased in permanence with phasing that the active player controls phase out and all phased out permanence that the active player controlled when they phased out phased in. And all of that happens simultaneously. Yep. 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 So phasing is, is a thing that almost never comes up though. Right. So the reason, the reason why this has to happen is if I tap a land and then it phases out, when it phases back in, if it phases back in after I I untap things, then you don't get to untap your thing. I don't get to untap it, and that just hurts so much more. Like hurts in the soul. It doesn't know how to untap living under the mug. Yeah, uh, no. Yeah, and for those for those that don't uh, remember some past episodes, that she's referencing the mug of phasing, which was how we described phasing. Because things that phase out are not leaving the battlefield. It's as though you took a big mug and placed it on top of that card, and the game just pretends it's not there until you take the mug off. So th- this is really the untapped step, the first turn-based action that happens in the untapped step. It's really the mug of phasing step, where you put the mug on the things with phasing and you take the mug off the things with phasing. That's fine. That's a fine way of looking at it. Yes, we're going to... We got a mug sure. step be- before mug step. untaps. Right. Eli Schifrin and and make a suggestion. So we rather than at the beginning of my turn announcing un, like mentally con- thinking untap uh, untap upkeep draw. I need to think mug untap upkeep draw. Uh, I mean mug upkeep draw is probably also fine. That's the fair. mug step. The mug step. The other thing that happens in the mug step is you untap. <laughs> so we're we're prioritizing the mug over the untapping now. Yes. Uh, yes. All right. So yeah. Then we untap. Priorities. Well, uh, I mean, priorities will come later after we handle all the turn-based hey. actions. But. So, so yeah, then you un- untap. Um, untapping is straightforward. Uh, just like everything else we've talked about, doesn't use the stack. Players can't respond to it. Uh, you determine which permanent you control will untap, which the vast majority of the time is all of them. But yeah. there are some permanents that say you may choose not to untap this uh, during your untap step. In which case, you Veldekin Shackles being probably the most popular. Yeah. Uh, Veldekin Shackles is an excellent example of that. Uh, It says you may choose not to untap it. Uh, Also, things that don't let you untap all of your things. Uh, Right. You you have to choose which of them you're choosing to untap. Can you give me an example of that? Uh, Winter Orb. Okay. Is Winter Orb, does that give you a choice? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. and then uh, some things, uh, some things just don't untap. Obviously, those things don't untap here. Uh, and then all the, after you've made all the choices, you just untap all the things that you're going to untap at the same time. You don't do it in any kind of order; it just happens all at once. And that's that's. Uh, you then after that you go straight into the upkeep step, and there yes. there aren't any beginning of of step uh, turn based actions in the upkeep. Well, hang hang on. Uh, so one one thing that is different about untap. So we we've, we've talked a lot about you know hey after these turn based actions, uh, you players get priority. Um, the untap step 
specifically in the rules, there is no opportunity to get priority afterwards. Uh, right. And so, yeah, you don't so, get priority during that step. Right. So things that might trigger, and this is this is slightly off of turn-based actions, but things that might trigger when cards untap uh, actually go on the stack during the, the, the upkeep step as opposed right. to in the untap. So, so like, yeah, I inspire- guess that's an important part. As I say, that's an important part of, of uh, discussing the steps of the turn, I guess, is, is when you get priority there. And, and yeah, uh, Brogan, you were going to bring up Inspire, I guess, just now. Mm-hmm. So go ahead. I'm not going to steal that. Oh, no, that's all. I just that that was the I think the first time I really thought about why, what happens when as it relates to untapping. Uh, mm-hmm. So Inspire cards say something about like when when this becomes untapped, do whatever. Um and that ability is actually goes on the stack in your uh, draw step because you can't. No one gets priority in untap on in your draw step after you have already drawn a card because drawing a card happens first. Yeah. So so from a, a turn based action standpoint, nothing happens during uh, the upkeep. You know, people can cast spells, activate uh, activate abilities, triggered abilities happen, but. State-based actions, there's none of them. The first time, the next time you encounter a state-based action, or uh, sorry, turn-based action, is during the draw step, and that is simply active player draws a card. So that's yeah, about the the simplest one we can imagine here. You draw a card. And, yep, it's one that comes up with a lot of questions, though. People often want to know if they can take actions in the draw step before a card is drawn. The answer is no. No, you cannot. Yeah. It is a turn-based action. Right. Uh, you don't get priority first. So so a card like Howling Mine, uh, it says at the beginning of each player's draw step, if Howling Mine is untapped, that player draws an additional card. Um, that happens, even though it says at the beginning of each player's draw step, that actually happens after the turn-based action of drawing a card. Oh, by the way, I misspoke about Inspire... Uh- I, I, I phrased that wrong. It happens during your upkeep before you draw, but after you untap. That I I said something about it happening after you draw. Uh that's not what I meant. I meant after you untap before you draw. <laughs> that's a good catch. I didn't I didn't hear that. Yeah. That's I, an accurate description. We had already moved on to drawing a card, so I had drawing in a card in my brain. Alright, so so untap upkeep draw, that's everyone's mantra, and then after we we draw, we are in pre combat main. And there's there's no turn based actions in in pre combat main, right? Uh there exists one that. <laughs> do you think this comes up more or less often than phasing? Uh, this comes up less often than phasing. I don't know about that. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, um, we're, go ahead. Uh, the 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 arch enemy games immediately after the pre combat main phase begins. Uh, if that player is the arch enemy. They set the top card of their scheme deck in motion. This will happen every turn if you are using the super villain rumble option. Oh man, <laughs> Br- bringing it all, bringing it all back with our favorite rule, the super super villain rumble option. Yeah, you almost called it the superhero rumble option, didn't I, you? I I've, did. I've, I've done that a bunch. I got excited about superheroes, I guess. So. Let me ask this: Do any of you, do any of you, when you think the supervillain rumble option, have like an idea of like a bunch of supervillains fighting it out royal rumble style, where they have to throw each other over the top rope? Well, I'm uh, I'm thinking of actually of them like shouting mean names at each other across a table. 
That's more where I'm at. Oh, you're thinking of like the 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 high powered supervillains just like sitting down at a table and duking it out with cards. Yes, that's what I. That's think amazing. About. That's amazing. Uh, I I think of something similar to what Bpril was saying, but on a larger scale, like a whole citywide scale. So it, um, it's the ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny, but yeah, but with magic villains. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, exactly. Nicol Bolas and Mister Rogers—they're basically the same person. Oh. Uh, we talked about not bringing up untimely memes, but here we are talking about the least timely memes of all time. We, I'm at a loss how Mr. Rogers and Nicol Bolas are... Do, are Mr. Rogers... a reference to the ultimate showdown of Ultimate Destiny, which uh, I guess I'm going to have to include a link to now in the uh, in the show notes. Uh, Oops. If I can find it. I'm sure it exists. Uh, all right. At any rate, so... Now that we've we've activated our schemes, uh, oh yeah, would we we've, we've, would we like to declare attackers? Uh, yeah, so we, we we go through the pre combat main phase uh, as normal, uh, and then in the beginning of combat phase, um, is and there is actually a turn based action that has that happens in the beginning of combat phase? You wouldn't uh, even know it. Yeah, it's actually <laughs> stupid. I don't. I I argue keep reading this, at this. I, sorry, I keep reading this, and I keep it keeps losing all meaning in my head. I read it, and I'm like, "That makes sense," and then it doesn't make sense anymore. It's functionally not really a turn-based action. Like what happens is at the beginning of uh, the beginning of combat step in a multiplayer game, that's uh, not like a, a free-for-all game. This doesn't right. apply to the free-for-all games. Right, mm-hmm. think of like implies- imp- emperor or yeah, a, a game uh, where you can only attack one po- opponent at a time. If there's a multiplayer game where you can only attack one opponent at a time, during the beginning of combat step, you basically have to choose which opponent that is. You don't have to choose to attack them. You just have to choose one of them to be the defending player. So uh, re- regardless of if you are choosing to attack them, you have well, to say you are you you are the one. Yeah. So so yeah. Let me let me as as the casual as the casual multiplayer guy here. Um. So the way the rules are set up is is not really the way that most people think about playing. Um, so if I'm playing one of, like, the Emperor variant or the Star variant or one of those things, or, or only attack left, um, then I choose one of the players that I can attack, and then that player becomes the defending player, and that's the, the player that I'm going to attack. Now, there's an option, an optional rule that says you can ignore this rule and they all become all, oh, my goodness. all that you can attack become the defending player. So, uh, eh. <laughs> that sounds about right. I, I agree with that assessment. Right, but I, I guess I guess from a, a rule standpoint, when the game talks about a defending player, the rule ha- the game has to have some sort of mechanism yeah. to designate a player as the defending player. We have right, to here's, be, and here's that's a about it. Quick question, guys has it, has this ever come up? Uh, not in my experience. Brian, has this ever come up? Uh, y- no. Okay, moving on. Um, oh. So right, declare so, attacker step. So now we can go to declare attackers. Yeah, in the declare attacker step. Uh, the first thing that happens is you declare your attackers. It's super obvious. It's in the name. Um, <laughs> you, you, you have to declare your attackers. Once you get to this step, you can't choose to, you can't declare some attackers and then cast a spell. Uh, this isn't Hearthstone. It doesn't work. Um, you can't, uh, 
play a spell in the Declare Attacker step and then attack. It is too late to activate your Mutavault and attack with it. Your sweet GP promo Mutavault. I can't yes. imagine why, what would drive you to say, I really, really need to do... There's probably some cards that would make you want to, do, like, what you really need to do something during, specifically during declare attackers before you attack. Uh, what it usually comes down to is people have forgotten to do something ahead of time. Yes. Usually in the, in this standard format, the card they forget about is Hazaret. Mm, right. Uh, which requires you to, which can't attack unless you have a certain number or fewer cards in your hand. So they realize they have too many cards in their hand and they can't declare it as an attacker, so they want to do things. That makes sense. Uh, that that comes up a lot uh, at all levels of magic, um, and that's yeah. that's that's really how that comes right. up. And then and then also also just like you start turning turning creatures sideways, and then you realize that you wanted to do something before you did that. It's too late. If the opponent starts to see you turn things sideways, like the, the opponent's allowed the game to progress to the point that you're turning creatures sideways. And then realizes that they really wanted to kill something before it attacked. Uh, like if it has a, you know, when this attacks trigger, uh, it's too late for that too. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think no, there's I, a line. I, 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 clarified, I clarified it with if they allow you to get to that point. Well, that, yeah, that, that's, that's super gameable wording though. You, you should not be <laughs> the, the player. I can't be in my main phase, turn a creature sideways and have you go, wait, I wanted to do something. And we go, nope, it's too late. You let me turn my guest sideways. I, right. Uh, like that's. That's however, however, with the with the way we've got the combat shortcut now is if I go if I go you know I'd like to attack and you say okay and then I start turning guys sideways. I I just want yeah that works. I just wanted to clarify that the fact that they have tapped a creature does not mean that the opponent can't do anything anymore because that's what you made it sound like. Right okay. there does there does need to be a window to to do things before they can attack. But if you've said if they have said. I, I would like to attack with my creatures, and you say you may attack with your creatures, right? And you see them start to to, to tap their things, and suddenly you're like, "Oh, not that one!" Right? Oh. Exactly. I don't want to. I don't want you to, to to attack with that one. I never said that one was okay. Right. That's somewhere between uh, not okay because the rules don't allow it, and not okay because you are fishing in for information and <laughs> which is cheating. Uh, so, yeah, both both uh, are true. So, so somewhere in there. So don't do that. Right. Um, but but after all the the creatures are turned sideways, you can cast whatever. I mean, you, both players get an opportunity to cast spells and activate abilities. But uh, another thing we were discussing before we started recording was the declare attackers. Okay, in response to declare attackers. Yeah, I love it when people say that, and by love it, I mean really don't. You love mean it at all the other one? I mean the other thing. Yeah. But if you don't have anything to do. Before, after, then can I block? Yeah. Uh, so, so if if you declare attackers and then no player does anything, yeah. Do we move on to the declare blocker step? And yes, yes, that's the first thing you do in the declare blocker step. Shockingly, there's a lot of it's the same as the rest of them. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff in a declare or in declare blockers. Surprisingly, yeah, there's significantly more than declare attackers. Yeah, that's true. So. Uh, Brogan, do you want to run us through the state-based acts? I'm oh, sorry, the turn-based actions in the declare blockers step. Sure, it's so much easier to to say state-based actions because we talk about those a lot more. Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. So again, I get these that are v- worded in very particular ways. Uh, so I'm going to just read them as they're written. 
Uh, so uh, the defending player declares blockers. That's reasonably straightforward. Uh, and then for each attacking creature that has become blocked by multiple creatures, uh, the active player announces the damage assignment order among the blocking creatures. So basically, if an, it, if you have blocked with multiple things, your opponent has to choose how yeah. to deal damage to your blocking creatures. And then for each creature that's blocking multiple creatures, which comes up less often, uh, the defending player announces the damage assignment order among the attacking creatures. So just the reverse, uh, which which does tend to confuse people uh, when it comes up because it doesn't come up very often. Yeah, there's there's very few cards that can actually uh, block multiple creatures, but that's just think about it this way: since it's the thing that happens less often, it happens last. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Combat, uh, it does come up. It comes up a lot in this limited format because there's there's currently a common green creature that does that uh, in Ixalan. But I would agree overall, it doesn't happen frequently. Yeah. I, I do and, like the the Brian's suggestion of this happens less often, so we think about it second uh, as a way, as a sort of a, a way to remember what order these choices have to be made in because people do wonder that uh, yeah, when that, it comes that, up that doesn't work for the phasing step Shh. <laughs> you, well the we, phasing has to happen well phasing has to happen first or the or you just don't get to untap the things I, I've, I've clearly ruined Christmas you're the uh, Grinch uh, so in a, yeah. in a combat where you have where you have uh, creatures that can uh, where you have creatures that are blocked by multiple creatures and you have creatures that can block multiple creatures then uh, then you're playing a really awesome game of magic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's um, true. But yes, but, but, so I attack, you double block, uh, I have to assign, um, I have to assign my, my combat damage assignment order, which is really, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do enough damage to, I'm gonna do a le- lethal damage to creature number one, and the scariest one, to one. Number two, and then number three. Now this is, right. Now a lot of times in a, this doesn't matter per se. Like, uh, like I'm gonna attack with a five five, and maybe you block with a with like a two, uh, like a three two and a two four or something like. Uh, or sorry, um, I attack with a five five, and maybe you block with like five one one tokens. In that particular case, damage assignment order really doesn't matter, but sometimes it does. Um, and well, it technically matters uh, if, if there's any kind of combat trick, but the way that usually goes down is. Whichever one was first in the assignment order, I'll do X, you know? Yeah, well, um, I, was, I was about to explain, like, in sometimes when you deal combat, uh, um, when you assign blockers, and the you're supposed to assign the combat damage order, but you don't because it doesn't seem relevant. Um, at Comparel or REL events, that's actually an infraction. Uh, like, if it later becomes relevant. Right. Um, then... So that is something that you should, even when it's not relevant, it's something that you should still get into a habit of doing. Uh, even if it's just simply when the creatures go forward, you just move them, you know, left to right, right to left, that kind of thing. It's, yeah, it's something communicating as clearly as you can on that. There's no, there's no downside to communicating more clearly. Yep. Right. Yeah, and you're not going to get an advantage out of being ambiguous about it. And if you do, you're you're not going to be in my tournament very long. Um, so that's. You should always communicate clearly about damage assignment order, uh, whether you are the attacking player or the defending player. 
Mm-hmm. Well, we, they're probably going to be clear if they run into the like the palace. What is it? Is the palace guard situation like the one four that can block an additional creature? Because it happens so rarely, they'll be excited to do it. Hmm. I'll block with my hundred-handed one. You, yes, you really, you really clearly don't play limited, Brian. I don't. It's happened so often right now. In, in Ixalan Limited, I haven't had a chance. Yes, this is a very, a very playable green common that does this. I answered questions about that a lot, a lot, a lot at GP Providence, which was the release weekend GP. Uh, yeah, re- release weekend team limited GP. Yeah, it's it's a five mana, four, four dinosaur that can block an additional creature at common. Yeah. It's really, it's really, uh, it's decent, especially with the mage. <laughs> Uh, because you can you can double block something and deal no damage to the enraged creature. That uh, Double block, but block two block two things, and and people don't see it coming. It's crazy. Nice. Anyway, sorry, I I diverged into well, we're, speaking we're of about, damage. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So speaking of damage, I'll just I'll just jump into that. Um. In the combat damage step, once you've assigned that order, you can uh, players get priority. You move into the combat damage step. Um. Each player, starting with the active player, uh, announces how they're uh, dealing damage, or rather assigning damage, I should say, to the blocking creatures um, that, they're, they're, that they're dealing damage to, and then the defending players in order, if there is more than one, <laughs> do that with the attacking creatures. Uh, so the first thing you do, basically, I'm going to shorthand that, the first thing you do is the, the attacking player assigns their combat damage and then everybody else assigns their combat damage in order uh and then once they've all assigned the damage it's all dealt simultaneously uh in whatever form it is dealt whether it is actual damage or minus one minus one counters or some other weird thing that a magic card has been designed to do (laughs) i like that you're leaving room you never know i mean I mean, we, we, we've been seeing unset previews. There, there's a card in the unset that turns damage into squirrels. That's true. Squirrel Link. Oh, yes, Squirrel Link. Uh, but yeah, so reasonably, I feel like this one, again, is something that people don't really think about a whole lot. Damage just kind of happens, but it only comes up and gets weird when, again, there are creatures with... Death Touch, really. Yeah. Trample. Trample. So... So yeah, so if if I have like a three three death touch creature, uh-huh. right, and I I I swing and Brogan blocks with, you know, for whatever reason she blocks with three two twos. Okay, my assignment in that particular case, the optimal play would be one one and one of each of the 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 death the death touch. To, to, to kill all three of her, you know, random two twos that are green uh, for one and a one and a green um, that might uh, have adorable art. Um, yes, my <laughs> my all of my one my 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 two twos. Yes, that are um, ambiguously named. Right, and then but there might actually be some situations where maybe she blocks with these with these two twos that some of them have, as just was saying, enrage. And I really don't want to, you know, kill or damage those creatures. I can choose to assign all three damage to the first two, two, and not spread it out. So those are those are times where that particular thing is going to be relevant. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not always super straightforward, uh, especially when things like death touch are involved. Uh, but as long as each thing is assigned lethal damage, we should be Gouda. 
Now, one thing I, that, that uh, is probably relevant to point out here, and it's not specific to turn-based actions, but it's relevant to point out here, is that, um, that if this was the first combat damage step of this turn, and any of those creatures had first strike, then they were the they, they and creatures with double strike were the only ones that got to deal damage here, so we're going to have another combat damage step, and all of the actions are the same uh, for the creatures that get to deal damage in the second combat damage step. So the turn-based actions are exactly the same if we have the, what's commonly called the first strike combat damage step and the regular combat damage step. So what you're saying is we're not we're not skipping any part of this in first strike or skipping any part of this in, right. in we're, we're, regular damage? Yeah, we're not skipping any parts of it. It just doesn't apply to some creatures in that case because we're only assigning damage for creatures that are actually dealing damage in this step. So we're not ever going to deal damage in the first step for creatures that are dealing damage in the second step. We're never going to assign it, rather, I should say. So when I say I have to assign it for all of my attacking creatures, it's only for the ones that are actually dealing damage in this step. Ah, so so you're saying if somebody tries to say uh, that you need to choose how your damage is dealt from your regular damage creatures at the same time you're choosing your first strike. Yes, they would be wrong if they said that. That's what I'm saying. Yep. Cool. Um, And then we have the second... uh, the, the post-combat main phase, which doesn't have any beginning of, of, of step uh, turn-based actions, because there are no schemes you can set in motion in the second main phase. Our schemes are already in motion. Our schemes are so in motion. And then I I think the the I think this is the 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 next one is in cleanup the one that people most commonly think of as a as a, like when you're actually trying to start thinking about turn-based actions, other than draw a card. Yeah, well, this is this is the one I think people get wrong the most. I believe that. Uh, it, the other ones are pretty intuitive. If you've been playing the game yeah. for a while, you, you can feel pretty comfortable at least playing with how this usually works. You may have the occasional question and ask a judge. But the cleanup step is really where we get some weirdness happening. Um, when somebody's got some some megrims and Liliana's caresses in play, and and they're they're making you discard a bunch of cards because you have too many cards in your hand, and and the, it, it can just get wonky. Um, so yeah, like they it, it, people think of it as all one big thing. Basically, everything ends in the cleanup step, and then they can't really process that into how it works. Not you know quite I mean? quite break that down into its individual pieces. Right. Uh. Well, so the first, th- yeah. yeah, first thing that happens is uh, if the active player's hand contains more than their maximum hand size, which is usually seven cards, but not always, uh, he or she discards enough cards to reduce his or her hand size to whatever that maximum hand size is. Uh, pretty, pretty straightforward on its own. Uh, so, and then after we've done that, uh, if if applicable. Uh, all damage is removed from permanents and all until end of turn and this turn effects will end. And those happen simultaneously. So first we, we look at our hand. We say, aha, I have eight cards in it. Let me discard one. And then if I had any, uh, damage on my permanents or any until end of turn effects, those will all, those will end at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens if, uh, when those end, a state-based action has to be performed. So what I mean by that is, let's say I've got a, a, 
a two-two okay. right. creature I, that has. Brian two, has a thought. I got a, I got a fun that happened uh, over insides this this past weekend at Atlanta. Uh, so, uh, uh, non-active player. This was in a commander game. Had Jen Gitaxis uh, Core Augur, uh, which okay. says. Uh, which says at the beginning of your instep, uh, draw seven cards. Uh, or sorry, uh, yeah. So non-active player had a ginger taxes, uh, which uh, which the relevant rules for this scenario says each opponent's maximum hand size is reduced by seven. Okay, so normally your max hand size is going to be zero. Active player had a gitrog monster, um, which amongst other rules text says whenever one or more land cards oh. are put into your graveyard from anywhere, draw a card. So he played his turn. He drew, you know, he drew a card. Um, he wasn't able to, to cast it. Uh, so when it came time to, to the cleanup, he, his maximum hand size is zero. So he has to discard down to, to his, uh, his max hand. To zero. Right. So he discarded, um, oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, Sorry, I'm misremembering this. Um, he had a the the ginger taxes had just come out because of flash, uh, so he had to discard his whole hand, including two or it was like two or three uh, land cards, which means he had to draw. So he discarded to the cleanup. Uh, then the Gitrog monster triggered. So you know one or more land cards went to the graveyard. So he had to draw cards. So he had to draw cards. So he drew like two or three cards, and then. Because we had a trigger resolve, we went through all the cleanup stuff again, which means he had to discard again because his max hand size was zero. So he had to discard the lands that he drew. Oh, no. Which caused him to draw more cards, uh, which, you know, another cleanup. So he ended up going through like two or three cleanups uh, as, a, as a result of this. Uh, so it was kind of neat. It was a, a neat little uh, situation that illustrated this, and it just kept going. You know, it went uh, two or three hops further than it normally would in a regular game. Hops because it's the frog? Yes, it is a Gitrog monster, which is a giant frog. <laughs> I love that card. Uh, so, Go ahead. Uh, the main takeaway from that is is uh, just that you're... you're if any state-based actions are performed or any triggers are put on the stack, you repeat the cleanup step again. And you perform these turn-based actions again. Yeah, you can't you can't cheat where it's like I have eight cards in my hand. I have to discard down to seven. Now I'm going to play. You know, something happens that lets me get back up to eight. Well, no, now now you have to discard back down to seven. Right. You you we have to continue cleaning up until the game is actually where it wants to be. Right. It, Until it, we can, pa- we can, the stack is empty and all players can pass. It's it's like when you're a kid uh, and your mom tells you to clean the room, and you go and you you clean it, and then she comes and looks and tells you that you didn't clean up good enough. So now you got to clean up again. Oh, this is f- upsettingly real. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> what? It, from, what do from you mean I didn't clean I'm, up good enough? I'm having to do it from the from the other end. Like you need to pull those weeds. I didn't do it. I already pulled the weeds. I already pulled the weeds. <laughs> There's a bug. Oh. <laughs> I can't pull weeds. Oh. There's a bug over there. Oh, I I hate this. I don't like this <laughs> comparison anymore. <laughs> uh, it's too real. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So we have we have we have cleaned up. Have yeah. we gone through everything? Question mark. 
Um, well, we've gone through all of the steps, but there's a thing we didn't mention. Maybe we should have started with, uh, and that's that's emptying mana pools. Uh, believe it or not, emptying mana pools is a turn-based action that happens uh, at the end of every step and phase. So after both players pass priority, before we move into the next step or phase, we perform the state-based action. Sorry, we perform the <laughs> turn-based action of emptying mana pools. And uh, this is true in every step that... Uh, this is at every step. So even in the untap step, if there were somehow a way for you to generate mana in the untap step, it would drain before you got to the upkeep. And so if you are, and this, this is where when people are trying to like float mana, you can, yeah. you can float mana across a spell. Like the, the, the old classic is I'm about to cast a spell that destroys all lands. So I'm going to tap all my mana and then cast Armageddon or whatever, destroy all the lands. And then I still have some, some mana left over, but mm-hmm. I, and I can do all that because I'm still in the same. Uh, I'm still in the same step or phase, but as soon as that, this this most commonly happens in modern with scape shift these days, where people tap all of their lands before they cast yeah. scape shift. I do it most with upheaval in cube. Oh, yeah, I like that one. Ooh. But but the second you try and advance the game to another step or phase, that mana pool is going to go poof, unless unless you have you know one of the one of those fancy cards that lets you lets you keep it. That's now, why if you're, that's why people port you upkeep because then you don't get that mana in your main phase. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, "I didn't think it was quite that way," or "I know a lot of people that think it works a different way," um, well, it used to. Uh, this is one of those things that has changed several <laughs> times in several ways over the course of Magic's history. Some of them drastic. So, if you hear somebody go say say something like, "I'm convinced it's just." the end of phases and not steps. Yeah. Well, that's a way that it used to be yeah. at one point. Or if you have somebody say something like, well, what about the step in between turns where you, where your oh, mana gosh. can still exist? Well, yeah, that was a thing too. Briefly. But- I remember the <laughs> first time I heard about that. That was the funniest thing. I was like, right. how, so, how did that happen? So phases, phase, we, we say steps and phases interchangeably because right now there's not a whole lot of distinction between them. Uh, but, there used to be untap, upkeep, draw are all steps in the beginning phase. Yeah, that's that's actually not just used to be. That's the way it is now. Right, right. It will. I'm, I'm saying it used. It's to, not functional. Right. It's not. It's not. But a functional it is display. still required to be known for the level one exam. It is, but it doesn't do anything. I agree with like, you. Like it doesn't but do I'm work. Just <laughs> stating it is in fact right. still that way, so, and you have to know it. So what would happen is you could actually tap something during your upkeep and float the mana into your draw and then see what you drew and then maybe you would be able to cast an instant before you moved into your main phase. Now your main phase is a a phase, so as Jess was saying, the way it used to be was stuff from your upkeep could persist into your draw um, but not into your main phase, so you'd draw the card so you'd maybe hopefully be able to cast it and then if you could, yeah, and, it'd be good to go poof. And it would happen a lot from beginning of combat through combat as well. Yep, that was the other. Uh, oh, where people, that People would do sense. that all the time. They'd float mana through combat. Uh, and that's really obnoxious. If you're like... Somebody, yeah, that seems you know, value. So so like if I have a, a, a Steward of Valoran, which is a 2-2 mana dork with Vigilance, and I try to attack with it, and my opponent kills it before it can attack, and I tap it for mana, 
well, now I've got giant growth mana the entire combat phase. That That is problematic. That is not the way it works anymore. You just, you have to cast it now or never. And, that seems uh, like it was strong. Yeah, and the, the other thing was, this was when you took mana burn, when mana burn was a thing. <laughs> so when your mana emptied from the mana pool, uh, if you, if any mana actually emptied, you would take uh, damage equivalent to the amount of mana that was emptied out. They removed this five-ish years ago? I remember uh, a f- the first time I played Magic with a friend, it was right after I became a judge. Uh, not not with any friend, with a particular friend, and he tried to tell me, oh, you take mana burn. I was like, I don't, I don't though. I promise I don't. It's like, no, you, uh, you did mana burn. I'm like, no, really? And ended up having to call another friend to tell who who was an L3 to verify to this human being that mana burn was in fact not a thing anymore. Yeah, people get really upset about it. They they who still believe that mana burn is a thing, they get very upset finding out that it's not. Yeah, because they like, think but, they can. But there was a it was a valid strategy. I'm like there were, there were no no good yeah, decks. They think no they good can decks. Get cute with it. Uh, All right. So our 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 mana has left our mana pool. Yeah, and that's and that's it. That's, that's it. those the, are all the, turn-based the turn-based actions. There's, there's, there are turn-based actions that happen at the end of every every step. There are turn-based actions in the untap draw step. I guess the pre-combat main phase <laughs> for our enemy. Uh, it's very. I important. guess the beginning of, <laughs> of combat step for for choosing the defending player, which is stupid. Um, <laughs> Hot and, takes uh, and chest dunks. I mean, okay, so it's never come up. If, it, if all of us are just like it's never come up, and I'm sitting here going. I've I've been judging for almost a decade and and right this has literally never come right. up and I'm not going to focus on and that. Here's the here's um, the weird thing. I I was looking glancing. Uh, there's no there's no state based action to stop being the defending player or no not state based. There's turn-based. no turn based action. That, Man, we're all doing it. Everybody's uh, doing that's it. In, yeah. That's that. There's just a rule though, right? Uh, I'm looking for it, but that's I, interesting. I would think that if becoming the defending player would be a turn based action, that a Stopping being the defending player. Yeah, that would make sense. Well, anyway. Uh, Unfortunately, right, defending so. player appears 114 times, so it's going to take a while. And I'm not going to bore that, the that, listeners. <laughs> that might take some time to sift might through. Might take some time. Yeah. All right, so um, uh, let's go ahead and wrap things up. I'm just going to say thank you to everybody for listening to episode 187. Um, we are glad to bring you turn-based actions. Uh if you are not subscribed to us, you can subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, your radio, etc. Um, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash judgecast. You can uh, find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash judgecast. And if you would like to check out our full archive, you can do that at judgecast.com. And I'd like to thank you again for listening. Uh, my name is Jess Dunks, and I keep it fair. I'm Brogan King, and I keep it fun. I'm Brian Prilliman, and I keep declaring defending players even when there are none to declare. <laughs>